Good morning. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's Mile High Magazine. Yeah, we're back again, and I am Murphy Houston. Joining us today is Craig Kurzweil, who's VP with United Healthcare Center for Advanced Analytics. Craig, welcome to Mile High Magazine. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, it's going to be interesting because the millennials get a lot of conversation, and I know you've done some research. You focused on the health of millennials. And, and why focus on that generation and their health? Usually it's the old people like me that get checked out for health, but millennials, that's a little different. What was up with that? Well, I, I think what we're, we're starting to see is that there's, they're so different from the other generations and how they access care, how they use care, how they demand care. And uh, the other piece that, that brought us to study that population is uh, a ramification of the pandemic was that while we were all locked down and dealing with COVID, um, as we let, as we leave the pandemic, we're now seeing that the millennial generation is actually the dominant workforce in America. In most industries, with most employers, we're seeing that millennials are the top uh, workforce from an employee perspective. And so that combined with the fact that they are leveraging care in a very different way um, is, is allowing us to really focus in on that population and start to determine, like you're talking about, um, how are they different from their baby boomer counterparts? How are they different from really the generation that employer healthcare was developed to support. How do we need to change, adjust, and so on? So that's really the impetus behind the study that we conducted. Well, that's interesting because tell me if I'm not wrong about this. Millennials sometimes seem to get a bad rap about their lifestyle, their their work ethic, so on and so <laughs> forth. Am I wrong? I mean, it seems like they're always getting ripped on something. So what well, did you I, find? I think, uh, not, to, not to make judgments on the generation, but I would say that uh, – in, if you if you think generally just beyond healthcare, you find that that generation accesses um, any product in a unique way, right? They've they've grown up in a world where they can use Uber and in technology like that to get kind of access to the products that they want in a very quick and efficient way. And as you as you apply that lens in the healthcare space, you quickly start to realize that the healthcare space is very different from how millennials want their products. Right. So you think about, for example, we all assume that everyone should uh, engage with their uh, their normal primary care physician. And there's tons of analytics that I could quote you that show that's the best thing you can do. It's going to drive higher quality of care, higher engagement, higher compliance. You're going to manage all sorts of chronic diseases. They can be, truly be the quarterback of your health. And it really makes a difference uh, from a member's perspective. But as you think, if you put your feet in the shoes of a millennial, they don't want to access care in that way. They don't want to schedule an appointment for two months out and then wait in a, wait in a waiting room to see their doctor and then get moved to another waiting room to wait again to see their doctor. That's not how the millennial generation has accessed products broadly. And the healthcare space, is they don't see any different. So what we see within the millennial population is a dramatic increase in utilization of the emergency room, of urgent care, of telehealth care, of virtual visits, of that kind of quick care asset. They love that, and we use that across the board, but they're the lowest utilizers of old-fashioned sort of brick-and-mortar PCPs. They don't use that. And in, in the past, that wasn't a big deal because right. they were young and invincible, right, and, and didn't have a lot of health care needs, things like that. Right. But now... Our millennials are turning 40, and so over half of our millennials now have a chronic disease. They're developing or have a chronic disease. So they're, they're getting everything that comes with turning 40, right? Heart disease and hyperlipidemia, hypertension, diabetes, things like that are becoming more prevalent. So now we have a problem. Right. Right? We have a population that treats their 
health care through the ER and through urgent cares versus a primary care physician. And now they have diabetes and things like that. So um, it's where it is a fork in the road from a healthcare perspective on how do we handle this new generation who accesses care in a completely different way. I find that really interesting, though, Craig, because they were raised, I'm the older generation, and I raised my kids to do what you mentioned. You go to the doctor, you set up some kind of a plan, and then you see them again, and you're not offended by waiting a little bit. In fact, I just did that yesterday at a doctor's office. But yet these guys don't like that, even though they were raised that way. Yes, and, and what we're seeing, even though the, the millennials, their, their parents didn't access care in that way, what we were, where we were starting to see is that the kids of millennials are actually learning that behavior. So the next, the, the third generation on the kids of millennials are accessing care in the same way, using ER urgent care, not using primary care physicians. So it's, it, it, even though it wasn't learned behavior that the millennials undertook, they're teaching that. Um, as, as far as how their kids are not going to access the healthcare system. So it's not just a millennial issue. It's going to be an issue that we face kind of longer term. And how do they pay for that? You know what it costs to go to an emergency room. I mean, and gosh, you just can't bop in there because you got a fever, right? Yeah, that's the hard part. I mean, you know, you know, millennials are still a bit younger than other generations, so they don't have as much diabetes and heart disease. It's ramping up, but it's, it's not there yet. But I can tell you the cost to treat diabetes and heart disease is – much higher in the millennial population than the baby boomer counterparts or Gen X counterparts. Um, because, like you said, managing your diabetes through the ER is a very inefficient way um, to, in a, in a very yeah. expensive way, um, to manage those types of conditions. So that's kind of where we're at in the, in the healthcare system. We have a population that doesn't want to use PCPs. They want to use quick care. They're not developing chronic disease. So the solution really is something that kind of got pushed during the pandemic. How do we leverage virtual care? How do we leverage telehealth care? Not virtual care and telehealth that manages cough and cold and COVID, but how do we make sure that that kind of technology can actually manage chronic disease? Because, again, our number one workforce population now has chronic disease, and we can't just treat the, the, um, the issues that the members presenting with today. We need a quarterback for their health. Exactly. To march into this new world of health care with chronic disease. Uh, gosh, so are we thinking millennials' health? now and down the road is going to be worse than those of us that are into the old system. you got a quarterback that, quarter, that just qualifies your health, and that seems to work pretty well. But are these guys going to be sicker? I think it remains to be seen at this point. We're, we're at that kind of fork in the road to see what direction do we take. Are we able to meet those members where they're at and be able to support their care? I think the next five years will tell us a lot around what does that look like. If, if nothing changes and we continue on the path that we're on, it's going to create a lot of cost cost burden across the system. Um, oh. As they develop more chronic disease and more issues and continue to treat that way, um, you're going to not only get a more expensive care, but as you're mentioning, a lower quality of care. We're going to start to see non-compliant diabetics, and that's going to lead us down a very bad path as things start to even escalate from there. So hopefully, and, and like I said, the pandemic has helped a bit, honestly, because the um, healthcare system rapidly had to adopt virtual care and telehealth care in, in lots of different ways. Hopefully that continues and, and even expands. And like I said, not only just to treat those kind of you know common issues, cough, cold, COVID, those types of things, right, but truly right. being able to manage care. If we can do that, if the system can adjust and do that, we'll be in a better spot. But 
we're at an interesting point in time with the U.S. healthcare system right now. Well, we certainly are, and it costs a lot of money. So that's why I'm confused about why they're running off to emergency rooms. We're talking to Craig Kurzweil. He's the VP of the United Healthcare Center for Advanced Analytics. Fascinating what you're talking about, Craig. Never thought these kind of changes would happen because when you raise your kids, you think they're going to kind of follow the same path in a lot of ways that uh, you've taught them to do, but they're not. And telehealth, let's talk about that a little bit because that is big since the days of COVID. And I've done a few telehealth situations. I just, maybe because I'm old school, I just don't find it as practical or as thorough as sitting down in an office with a doctor face-to-face and spending some time. What do you think? What do the millennials see in it? Well, I think we're seeing a, a wide degree of variability in that type of care and, and how different providers are leveraging that technology. If done well, it, it can really be a game changer, especially for these younger generations and how to access this, the system. But again, it can't just be treating cough and cold. It has to go beyond that. And, and where the biggest expansion, the biggest opportunity has been is not um, kind of there's, there's national sort of use of telehealth, which is really, you know, you think you need to go to the emergency room and you, you call into telehealth to kind of treat those kind of more emergent sort of issues. But what really expanded during the pandemic was your normal doctor, your PCP. Now just adding a new mechanism for you to engage them through a telehealth capability. Same doctor. They know your history. They know your family history. They know all those kinds of intricacies about you, but they can just now speak to you virtually. That situation where you have that kind of connectedness, that kind of local community doctor that can connect in that way, we're seeing the biggest impact in engagement in the population. So it's taking kind of the old model and keeping that established sort of PCP relationship, just adding some technology onto it. Now, as part of that, there's only so much you can do virtually, right? Right. You know, tested, you're going to get your blood pressure done, you're going to get your uh, labs done, things like that still need, in a lot of cases, still need to come into an office or into a lab. That's where there's still some friction points, and we need to kind of we need to solve for how do we make that part of it easy as well. And there's there's pieces around remote devices and things like that that you can bring into the home, but that's a big change uh, for the health system. And the millennials will probably adopt that, but other generations potentially would struggle. No, that was my next question to you, and you just answered, of course, is what do they do about testing? When you get your, your yearly physical, it's more than just talking to your doc about how you feel. There's a lot involved with that. So that are they avoiding that entirely? They're not doing blood tests. They're not doing EKGs on a yearly physical. None of that. Well, you still would go in and have those kinds of activities done, but it wouldn't be necessarily completely connected to that visit. I see. I think today you go into your PCP and they do the, your assessment in their office, and they they sometimes send you down the hall, right, and have your labs drawn or have a, a, a test uh, um, done on you, and it's easy and it's all in one stop shop, sort of in that visit. In the new world, in a, in a telehealth sort of world, you would have that tele-experience with your PCP, and they would ask you to come into a lab to ask you to get a, a, a test done, and then that requires the member sure. to do have sure. to do that, right? You do have to come in and have those labs drawn, but there's a disconnect there, right? There's right. A, there's some onus on the, on the patient now to take it upon themselves to now come in and have that done. That's a friction point, right? But that's a that can there's going to potentially be some loss of accountability. When you're not in the office and literally walking by the lab, right, when you have to drive in to do that, anytime a member has an opportunity to disengage in the healthcare system, a, a portion of the population will. And we need, we need to figure out ways to kind of make that easy for the member. Well, there's my next question. So what are you working on to improve the health of millennials right now? What's coming down the pipe for them? 
I think the big piece is we're learning a lot from this data. Okay? We're, we're, we're understanding what's happening in the population. What are the nuances? What do they like? What do they dislike? Those types of things. And, and this might sound cliche, but we're trying to meet them where they're at, right? How do we, the whole healthcare system needs to adjust to this generation. The providers are adjusting when we talk about telemedicine and virtual care. Um, we're seeing that employers are adjusting and evaluating things like plan design and incentives and things that, again, were put in place to manage baby boomers, does that still apply within the millennial generation? And ourselves, United Healthcare as a health plan, we are adjusting what we're thinking on. For example, how do we engage members? Is telephonic outreach to a millennial generation, is that going to work? Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, you have millennial kids, right? It's hard to get them on the phone, right? <laughs> get them to talk oh. and that the millennials don't operate that way. That's right. So we're rapidly expanding digital capabilities and ways to engage via text and, and things like that are really, really important to engage that population. We each part of the healthcare system needs to respond to this accordingly and help meet this population where they're at. Fascinating. So I would imagine your research is continuing and you're probably finding out new data all the time. We continue to dive deeper and deeper. So it's, it's uh, not only is it a generation issue, underneath generation, you look at underneath the millennials, then you start to talk about things like barriers around social determinants of health, barriers around health inequities that we see in the population, barriers around gender inequities you see in that population. Right. So, for example, from a social determinant perspective, the millennial generation actually faces the largest headwinds when it comes to social determinants. A larger percentage of that population has struggles around housing and food and, and shelter and uh, financial instability. Those types of social determinant issues are more prevalent in that millennial generation than any other generation. Wow. So when you talk about millennials potentially making some poor choices, some of those poor choices are due to some life issues that they're potentially struggling with, right? Life gets in the way of making good healthcare choices. So things like if they're struggling to figure out where am I going to sleep tonight or do I have to Am I going to be bunking with my friends or living with my parents or, you know, those type of housing sure. and security questions? Sure. If they're struggling with that, it's going to be really hard to engage them around what's the best way to manage your diabetes, right? right. They're going to prioritize some of those life issues much, way before they start to prioritize health issues. So we need to take all that into account with, with this membership. It's un- unbelievable. I could talk another 20 minutes about that because that's the future. Uh, Craig Kurzweil, VP with the United Healthcare Center for Advanced Analytics. Keep up the good work. I need you to come back in six months and see what's changed because I'm sure it's going to change a little more, don't you think? I'd love to. Thanks yeah. for having me. Well, thank you for coming on Mile High Magazine. And thank you guys for listening. Now, no, don't go away. I've got some more coming up for you. Murphy Houston here on Mile High Magazine.